Alright guys, what's up and welcome to another edition of Market Riders, beating the market one trade at a time. I'm your host, Reginald C., so let's jump into all the things that happened this week in the market. So it's been a crazy week, a lot of things going on, um, you know, a lot of volatility with the market, still having uh, somewhat of a sell-off in some other portions, uh, but tech is starting to rally back uh, and start to be bullish yet again. Uh, so without further ado, let's jump into some of the things that caught my eye for this week. So first we had Nikola Motors and GM partner together to make the Badger. Uh, so the Badger is basically um, going to be an electric truck, uh, sort of to, I guess, compare it will be the Cybertruck at Tesla. But this looks more of like the traditional pickup truck. Uh, so Nikola... GM Motors and Nikola are teaming up uh, to work on the Nikola Badger fully electric and hydrogen fuel cell electric pickup truck. Uh, the partnership gives GM General Motors uh, an 11% stake in the startup, receiving $2 billion in equity. And the company has said um, in news releases, GM will also get the right to nominate one director uh, to Nikola's board. So pretty big move um, as far as that's concerned. Uh, board member seat. Um, is a very huge move uh, for any company uh, because the board basically, you know, determines how the company functions. I know a lot of people think the CEO is what makes a company, um, you know, flourish, but it really, the CEO works for the board members. So to have um, GM pick someone from their board member can be a good thing for Nikola in the direction that's moving. Or it could be a bad thing because that board member is going to have to, you know, approve the things that the CEO is doing. Now, Trevor Milton is not, you know, the CEO anymore, uh, but he still has a voice. But it seems to be, uh, in my personal opinion, that a lot more hands are getting put into the Nikola Motors jar than need to be. Um, so I'm still going to keep my eye on out on it. Remember that Nikola does have Nikola World coming up in December, these December 3rd through 5th. Uh, so that's where they're going to actually debut uh, the um, Badger. So, you know, interested to see how that's working and also going to be interested to see how uh, the distribution and manufacturing portion is going to work. Um, going to be interested to see if GM is actually going to, you know, go into depth on how that process is working. Um, so, it says they're also going to be the exclusive supplier of the fuel cells to Nikola uh, class seven and eight trucks in all areas besides Europe. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things going on with this company, um, but it seems to be that GM definitely has a large hand um, in how this company is going to perform. So I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but if, you know, you're comparing it to another EV company like Tesla, Tesla is more of an independent uh, sort of company, and they only outsource when they have to. So um, that seemed to work for them uh, in the future. Uh, but this new business model that Nikola seems Nikola Motor seems to be uh, taking on is definitely a very interesting one. So speaking of Tesla, uh, this week Tesla definitely went up and down uh, in Tesla fashion. Uh, it says Tesla shares closed down 21%, uh, which was the largest decline um, in Tesla 
Tesla's stock uh, trading history. Um, so they had their basically their worst day in uh, Tesla history where they closed 21% down um, from their stock price. So uh, pretty far drop as far as that's concerned. The stock has rebound, um, you know, since then. Uh, but definitely, you know, it was a large drop off, um, you know, and very alarming to uh, investors. So Tesla ended the week at $37, I mean, $372.72. And um, then after hours went up to $373.75. So that's where it ended uh, Friday, September 11th. Uh, So just bear in mind, you know, it has gone back up since then. Kind of been trading sideways uh, most of the time, but has recovered since that drop. Um, That drop sent it, you know, down pretty far um it went from like 394 all the way down to like 330 um a share so the drop was pretty dramatic but it seems to be a lot of people rallied uh and probably in expectation of battery day now um tesla did not get added into the s&p 500 um there were other companies that were so you know, they did miss out on S&P 500 inclusion, um, whether that's a good or a bad thing for the company uh, is yet to be seen, uh, in my personal opinion. I think, um, you know, it may have helped the company uh, because S&P 500 inclusion, people would have been forced to go and put money in just because it's an S&P 500. Um, but, you know, Tesla, the way it's been growing, I don't say I don't think S&P 500 inclusion is out of the question. I just think at the time uh, it currently made sense to put the companies that they did in uh, since Tesla was growing uh, in such grand value. Now, one of the things that I think uh, will determine uh, S&P 500 inclusion for the future, in my personal opinion, I think it's going to be um, Battery Day, uh, which is going to be on next week on Tuesday, September 15th as well as uh, the next quarter coming out. So this quarter, uh, they basically made profits, which made them eligible for the S&P 500 um, inclusion, but they had to be voted in uh, and they weren't voted in. But I think if next quarter, um, you know, they can prove themselves as well as however this battery day turns out um, on the 15th. I think that should be enough uh, for them to be included to the S&P 500, in my personal opinion. So look out for Battery Day. Uh, It's going to be September 15th, which is next week. Um, Definitely going to be a groundbreaking day for EVs worldwide. So a lot of companies to look forward to for that is going to be Nikola, ticker sign NKLA, uh, as well as NEO, um, ticker sign NIO. Um, A lot of other uh, EV companies like um, Shell, S-H-L-L. Uh, or which will be Helion, um, which makes uh, Class 8 trucks, uh, electric trucks as well. Um, So just look forward, the whole EV niche, the whole EV niche world, um, definitely seeing some positive moves after Tesla Battery Day next week. Uh, So some other news that came up this week, uh, we have Xbox uh, Series X, or Microsoft, the company, released Xbox Series X, uh, and... Um, Series S. So they basically um, released the date uh, that they're going to have it available. So that date's going to be November 10th of 2020, and it's going to be $499. So they said the pre-orders are going to start on September 22nd. So 
look forward to that being able to buy that there's going to be some games coming out for that as well um, and then they also have the xbox series s that is going to be coming out as well so it's the xbox series x uh but the less powerful one is going to be the xbox series s uh which will cost 299 dollars now sony has not released their uh price point for um, the PS5, but they have released the specs, uh, and they have a similar setup as well. They have, you know, one console that is a little bit more beefier than the other console, and it seems to be Xbox kind of uh, has a similar uh, sort of notion of that. I believe, you know, since this information being released, that you know we could see Microsoft uh, continue to go up um, in the future um, as those pre-orders uh, begin to come down the pipeline. Now, if you're not familiar with the specs uh, for the Xbox Series X, um, it has AMD Zen 2 processors running 3.8 uh, gigahertz and a custom RDNA 2 AMD GPU uh, that puts out 12 uh, T-flops of processing power, um, as well as a 16 gigabyte of GDDR6 memory. Um, it says when it comes out, the Xbox Series X, uh, features next gen consoles will have ray tracing and super fast SSD uh, and potential 8K capabilities. We'll also bring backwards compatibility uh, with four generations of Xbox games. Uh, so, pretty beefy system as far as that's concerned. Uh, ray tracing, um, if you're not familiar with that, it just basically um, makes the games look more visually stunning. Uh, if you're looking at ray tracing, I would, I would definitely suggest going online and looking up um, some demo videos of ray tracing. Uh, pretty cool technology um, for how you see video games. Um, now, the specs that I've seen uh, for the past is that Xbox definitely had better specs um, and had more T-flops than the um, PS5. I think the PS5 had uh, 10 T-flops and the Xbox Series X had 12 T-flops. So, um, depending on the price point of the PS5, in my opinion, I think the Xbox Series X may be the better, uh, more beefy console, but that's yet to be determined. Um, so, I'll just say, you know, November 10th when this is released, um, definitely look at Microsoft stock to see how it performs uh, after these pre-orders come out. Now, in other news, uh, we also had Epic uh, Epic Games, who is the creator of Fortnite, was still in a feud with Apple. So, um, this just recently came out today. It says, uh, yesterday, Apple uh, said Epic and Apple was removing the ability to use sign-in with Apple for Epic accounts. Uh, so, it says, uh, just yesterday, Epic said that as soon as Friday, Apple will no longer... Uh, let people use its single sign-on solution, uh, sign in with Apple uh, to access their Epic Games account. That would mean that anyone who relied on their Apple credentials to log uh, into the Epic service, uh, like Fortnite and Epic Games Store, would lose access to Apple plugged in, plugged uh, when Apple pulled the plug. So, very interesting uh, dispute going on there. And don't know what the future of that's going to be. Uh, I think they'll definitely come to a conclusion. Um, to me, it just seems to be a battle uh, for money. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> I think if there, if Apple didn't allow 
epic to put Fortnite on there, it may not be as big as it currently is. So I think, you know, my opinion, epic should, um, you know, kind of back down a little bit. Um, but that's just from a business point of view. Um, even though, you know, at the end of the day, it's about money. Um, Apple did have a larger platform than um, Epic did. So, you know, Apple allowing them to use that, even though the terms may have not been what Epic wanted, I think, um, you know, they should still uh, try to either renegotiate it or, you know, try to find their own service to do so. Now, going to other news, uh, we have AstraZeneca. Uh, so AstraZeneca has basically paused their clinical trial. So it says as a part of the ongoing uh, randomized uh, controlled clinical trials of AstraZeneca, Oxford coronavirus vaccine, AZD-1222, um, a standard review process has been triggered uh, leading to the voluntary pause of vaccine vaccination across all trials uh, to allow an independent committee to review the safety uh, data of a single event um, of an unexplained illness that occurred in the UK phase three trials. Uh, so not good news as far as AstraZeneca is concerned, but may lend, um, you know, some more room for another company to slide in and take the top spot. Now, um, the U.S. government basically said that they're to prepare for a vaccine by the end of October, the beginning of November, um, close to election time. So, you know, I think they're still on scale for that, but it may not be AstraZeneca. So companies in this niche are Pfizer, uh, ticker sign F, I mean, PFE. You got Innovio, ticker sign INO. And you got Moderna, ticker sign M-R-N-A. So it says, um, just look forward to those companies. Um, a lot of things moving on with those. Uh, but one of those may be the one uh, to actually be the number one in vaccine, which would definitely change their current stock price. Uh, so going into the next news, we have Apple, which finally has a date for their um, event, which is their Apple event, where they're going to talk about the iPhone 12 as well as the Apple Watch 6. So that day is going to be September 15th, ironically, the exact same day as Battery Day, but it will be live streamed, uh, sort of like WWDC 20. Um, so I would say, you know, look forward to that. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the same time as W is a uh, Battery Day, um, but definitely, you know, two huge companies making you know, debuts on the same day is going to be, you know, something interesting for the investment community. So, you know, next week going to be jam packed uh, with goodies of uh, things that are coming down the pipeline from these companies. And I definitely suspect the stock market will reflect uh, all these things going on. So this is what they're going to, it says, we're expecting uh, four iPhone models to be launched. The latest rumors uh, suggest that all of them will be 5G. So be the first 5G phones um, out. It said we should also see iOS 14 rollout in addition to iPad OS 14 rollout. So 
<clears throat> if you're interested to see the iOS 14 um, and I and OS 14 for iPad, uh, I would definitely go back and recheck the WWDC 2020 because it was very interesting on the things that they had the updates. Uh, it also says the Apple Watch Series 6 is also expected to be detailed um, an iterative, iterative, iterative update over Series 5 but with longer battery life to cope uh, with new sleep tracking features, uh, watch OS 7. Then it says, finally, we're expecting some kind of iPad refresh, uh, probably iPad Air, but possibly other models as well. So a lot of things going on um, in Apple. Um, I think the current CEO, Tim Cook, is definitely leading them in the right direction. I like the things that he's done with the company. I like the updates that they have. Um, you know, they make really good products, um, and definitely have, you know, showed themselves to be, uh, recession proof. Um, you know, their earnings that they had last time were fantastic. Um, especially considering, you know, a lot of companies were struggling during the pandemic. Apple seemed to pull through, uh, to have phenomenal numbers, which to me proves, you know, the validation, um, that, you know, he is leading the company, uh, in the right direction. So, you know, hopefully um, there'll be more updates coming uh, after this event on the 15th, um, but definitely going to be watching it uh, from my end to see uh, what they've been working on um, at their actual facilities. Um, so lastly, <clears throat> this week, the Travis Scott Mill debuted at McDonald's. I have not been to McDonald's yet to go pick it up or to check it out, but I have seen people going you know, mildly crazy about it online. Um, it includes the Quarter Pounder with cheese, Travis style, which basically has bacon, lettuce, um, and cheese. Um, then it has medium fries with barbecue sauce and a Sprite. So, you know, <clears throat> it's called Cactus Jack's Favorites. Uh, so, yeah, definitely go check that out. Um, I know there's been, you know, crazy resales of like the posters and receipts on eBay. Uh, so I don't know who would want a receipt, but, you know, there's a whole hype beast community uh, surrounding that. So I think for McDonald's as a whole, it was a fantastic direction uh, to use him to market um, their products. I definitely think it's a good look for McDonald's um, and definitely interested to see um, moving forward how it actually helps their revenue and if people were going uh, consistently to McDonald's or was it just a spike um, and then it fell off. So, you know, I think a lot of things going on in the market, um, you know, a lot of moves going on in general, uh, but we're going to take a small break for a commercial and then I'll be right back with my plays for this week. All right, so for option plays this week, uh, I got three picks. Uh, so, my first one, uh, we got FedEx, uh, ticker sign FDX. Um, the reason I have FedEx for this week is because they're already close to their 52-week high, um, and it is right before peak season. So, peak season for FedEx is basically um, the time before, you know, Thanksgiving um, and Christmas and New Year's uh, before Cyber Monday. <clears throat> where their volume just basically increases um, like crazy. So 
I think for the company to already be at its 52-week high or above its 52-week high before their peak season even comes, I think is a fantastic metric for the company. Um, and I think, you know, we can continue to see them uh, go and set new 52-week highs. Um, so the momentum of the company has been uh, pretty good, in my personal opinion. Um, so I definitely expect to see uh, them continue to grow even after the peak season numbers come in. So on my second one, uh, we got ticker sign ADBE, and that is for Adobe. So that's ticker sign ADBE for Adobe. Um, <clears throat> they have their earnings coming up September 15th. Uh, so for next week, I definitely think you should keep your eyes out on for them. Uh, bear in mind, this is not financial advice. I'm not a licensed certified CPA. So this is just for educational purposes. Uh, so just bear that in mind. It's all for educational purposes. So um, I think that... Um, you know, they will benefit from everybody being at home. Um, you know, I know every company just basically uses Adobe. Um, but, you know, when people have to go to their house, they may have had to get the software um, and to put it onto their actual um, computers at home. Uh, I know, you know, their customer service uh, probably went through the roof for that. Um, so I think they'll definitely benefit from, you know, the pandemic as well as the product that they have is used so much. So the last one that I have uh, on here for the week is for Cracker Barrel. So Cracker Barrel's ticker sign is CBRL. Uh, that is ticker sign CRB, I mean CBRL. So that's ticker sign CBRL. So, um, I think, you know, their earnings is coming up as well. The earnings is going to be next week on the 15th as well. The same day as battery day, the same day as Adobe's earnings and the same day as Apple's, um, event. So, uh, pretty jam packed day for investors, uh, pretty jam packed week for investors in general. Um, but you know, I have this one on my radar because I believe that it may possibly go down even further. Um, the demographic of you know, Cracker Barrel is, you know, an upper age uh, sort of demographic. Um, so I don't think that they were able to benefit from, you know, people buying their food from Uber Eats or DoorDash uh, just because their demographic is up in age. Also, you know, since their demographic is such an older crowd, um, I don't, you know, see many of them going or being comfortable coming back to their restaurants. Um, so, you know, it may have been where people came back and it was okay or people use like just a store section where they sell like their like gift store. Um, but as people actually, you know, feeling comfortable to come sit down um, in the restaurant, I think, you know, it was probably a large decline um, in people who actually came to do that. Now, their headquarters is in Tennessee, um, where I currently live. I currently live in Tennessee. And I know here, you know, restaurants have been open back up like nothing is going on. Uh, like the virus doesn't exist um, and life is basically back to normal. Um, but in other areas where, you know, people are a little more cautious, um, I definitely see, you know, you know, they possibly not going back to the regular uh, way that they were before. So, yeah, definitely um, think that this one is going to be a victim of, um, you know, the whole demographic as well as their restaurant not being open. Um, now switching and going into penny stocks, uh, I have three penny stocks that I'm looking at this week. Uh, the first one is sticker sign B-I-O-L, uh, and that is for Biolast. Uh, 
Uh, their moving average 10 is 28 cents. Moving average 50 is 29 cents. Moving average 100 is 28 cents. Um, and, you know, it looks like they have began a bullish uptrend. Uh, so I definitely have them on my radar um, as they shot up as earnings. I mean, not as earnings, as uh, the market closed uh, on Friday. So I'm definitely looking at them for an early morning mover. Uh, the next one I have is ticker sign VBLT uh, for vascular. Um they are on a bullish uptrend as well. So I'm definitely looking at them for a possible early morning breakout. Um, they ended the week at a dollar and 35 cents. Um, so definitely looking at them to go up next week. And lastly, the one that I'm looking at for penny stocks, you have a ticker sign a CKPT for Checkpoint Therapeutics Incorporated. That is ticker sign CKPT. So they ended the week at $3.32, um, and they are on a bullish uptrend as well. Um, so the way I determine if a stock is bullish or if it's bearish, um, and if you're new to investing and you don't know what those terms mean, bullish means the stock going up, bearish meaning the stock going down. Um, I believe that this stock is bullish in the sense that it is going up uh, because I look at three different metrics. So that is the moving average 10 line, the moving average well, I guess four metrics, moving average 10 line, moving average 50 line, moving average 100 line, and the VWAP 14 line. So VWAP 14 um, basically determines uh, volume, in my personal opinion, if something's going to break out or begin to break out, you'll see that VWAP line shoot up like crazy. And the moving average 10 line to me is the confirmation that something is bullish or bearish. So it's moving average 10 line, in my personal opinion, goes above the moving average 50 or the moving average 100. I denote that as a bullish uptrend. In the same sense, if the moving average 10 line goes below the moving average 50 or the moving average 100, I denote that as a, a bearish pattern starting to uh, happen. So that's how I... Uh, analyze stocks, um, you know, different people analyze them different ways, but that's what I use and that has worked for me um, in the past. So, you know, good luck to everybody out there trading. Um, you know, I came to you last week and basically told you, you know, don't sell all your stocks. The market always recovers and it has recovered. So, you know, even though you see companies like Tesla lose 21%, um, you know, have a drop off like that. Um, there's still deals to be made off, made in the market. And if you can see Tesla recovered, so don't panic, uh, when you see companies go down, um, you know, there are two different forms of investing that I try to tell everybody there's, you know, day trading, which, you know, is glamorous and, you know, everybody talks about how much money they make day trading. And then there's also, you know, long-term investing, uh, which, you know, is not as sexy as most people think, um, you just basically sit money uh, down and you just watch that money grow with compound interest. Um, so, you know, or you let your dividends compound um, and then, you know, your account grows from that. So, you know, there are two ways to invest. I do both. I have a long-term um, investment portfolio where I have all dividend stocks. I just sit and put money in there and let it grow and continue to grow. Um, and then also have day trading account, which I have day trading money that I have in there that I allocate the okay if I lose it I lose it if I don't okay uh, you know that's the way that I think you should start investing if you're new to investing and also do your own due diligence so due diligence is also uh, I would say the number two thing 
uh, that investors should always do. Look at more research. The more research you have, the better, more informed decision you can make. And it also gives you an advantage on your competitors. So investing, you know, is a very competitive uh, game. That's why you see a lot of, I guess, these guru people or people on YouTube or whomever try to go and sell you a course uh, to find best picks. And your people are like, why do people pay to do this stuff? Because people want to get, you know, informed information for free. And, you know, you can't always trust these people, uh, but a lot of people do. But, you know, due diligence shouldn't just stop with one person. So I'm saying, you know, I'm not saying, hey, I know all the answers or one person knows all the answers. Um, investing is like the only thing you can do where you can actually get a result based on how much information that you know. So <clears throat> unlike school, you know, you grow up through grade school, you do, you know, like algebra or com complex forms of calculus. You're like, where am I going to ever use this? I'm not really ever going to use this in my life. This is pointless information that I have to know. Investing is like the complete opposite. And once you know like different patterns on how stocks perform or, you know, you know, how stocks perform on earnings or, you know, how they perform on press releases, you know, how they perform uh, with FDA approvals and things of that nature, then, you know, that's direct money you can get from that. And it gives you an edge on other investors that don't know that information. So, you know, the more information, you know, uh, the better off, more informed decision you can make. The number one thing I would say to help you grow your account or to make you a better investor is risk management. Risk management to me is the number one reason why people lose money and the number one reason why people gain money. So setting a budget for how much you're willing to spend per week on investing and on different plays um, will help you to not blow up your account. So let's say, you know, you have a thousand dollars in your account and you say every week I'm going to invest, you know, 2% or 5% or 15% of my account, you know, that money you can grow and you can do it either two ways. You can do it with dividends, uh, dividend stocks, growth stocks. You can do it with uh, options trading, but that's a set amount that you have that if it goes good, then okay. And if it goes bad, then oh, well, you still have money left over. What a lot of investors do is they'll go and get the money and then they'll be like, all right, yeah, I have a thousand dollars in my account. All right, this week I'm going to start trading. Oh, this looks like a really good play. So I'm going to spend all $1,000 on this one play. And then the one play doesn't work out. And then, you know, you're out of all the money. Or you say, okay, I want to diversify. But I think people get diversified mixed up where they'll be like, okay, I'm going to diversify on five different plays. And I'm going to spread this $1,000 to five different plays. Well, all five of those plays may be terrible plays. So, you know, just bear in mind that, you know, even though you're diversifying by, you know, saying I'm going to spend all the thousand dollars and spread it, you know, throughout the entire account, all five of those plays may be, you know, garbage. So, you know, just bear in mind, use risk management, uh, just take it a week at a time. You know, it's not a race. You're not in a hurry. Um, you know, just sit and think about some of the stuff that you have. Um, what I like to do is just, you know, with risk management, take a small amount, invest it, think about how the plays were good and think about how the plays were bad if, I, if I've done bad plays. And, you know, everyone does bad plays and everyone has good plays. So people who tell you, um, you know, I always make profits or, you know, I always have profits is not it's not true. Um, I've had days where I've made or weeks where I've made, you know, positive 
37000 plus dollars in trades, and I had weeks where I lost $7,000 plus in trades. So, you know, it's a learning lesson, uh, just constantly learning uh, how much uh, money you want to invest, uh, invest, do risk management, um, and, you know, you can grow your account. Um, you know, try to do as much due diligence as you can, um, and, you know, listen to podcasts like this. <laughs> so, uh, good luck to everybody out there trading. I uh, hope everybody's able to secure, uh, the bag, I should say, secure some money to grow your account. Um, and I'll try to be back on here and give some updates on, uh, the Apple release as well as Tesla's battery day. Cause there's some pretty, um, important events going on investor, uh, you know, world and definitely will shape uh, how the market is going to be performing in the weeks coming up. Uh, so good luck to you all trading out there and I'll see you guys next time. Peace.